I've got a question. Is this in the outro of Monday or is this in the intro of Tuesday? I don't think I have the technology to record anything over the music. Um, that's, well, I thought that's, you were editing it. I am. I didn't say I was going to edit it well. Oh, okay, that's fair. What am I made of you fade got, in? No. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you got Audacity. Fire it up there. You got a fade out option. Ugh. You got multi-channel uh, audio uh, non-linear editing technology. No, it, this is going to be mono uh only one thing at a time i'm going to have to chop up everything that we say and intersperse it which means that when you talk over me i'm going to edit you out i'm sorry what was that i mentally edited you out i see what you did there and i appreciate it yeah, what are we listening to, Fred? Uh, you, I'm not listening to anything. I'm listening to your voice in my head. You're listening to Being Jim Davis, the podcast that let Andy Dowsman get away with saying that the phone cable was RJ45 when clearly the phone jack would have been RJ11. Seriously, screw Andy Dowsman. Uh, I'm Fred DeWeese and I'm Jim fair. Davis. Yeah, um, my name is Andy Dowsman and I am Jim Davis and today I will be playing the part of Jonathan Gibson. Um, I'd like to go back to that, actually. Um, so this is, this is slightly embarrassing because, uh, you know, my father in the early 80s uh, pirated a phone um, uh, extension line from AT&T in Salinas, California. Um, don't turn them into the FCC. But you'd think that I would know the difference between an RJ45 and RJ11. But lately, as a career move, I'm pretty much all about SFP plus interconnects these days. So, you know, if it's not SFP plus or, you know, QSFP, I don't really care. Uh, can you describe for me the advantages of the SFP plus interface? How do you like bandwidth? Uh, I like it very much. Okay, so do you want bandwidth beyond 10 gigabit? No, I have no use for that. Okay, then you don't care. Okay, I don't care. Okay, well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. It's yeah. Tuesday, August 3rd, 1982. Uh, SFP plus interfaces have not been invented, and we're reading the 1507th episode ever of Garfield. Fred, what happens in today's Garfield? In today's Garfield, life is a zero-sum game. El exclamation point ellipsis but poker is actually a negative sum game if you're playing in a raked game which you are going to have to explain to both me and our listeners look uh, here's the way this works um if you've played poker as much as i have uh you will know that you pay for the privilege of playing poker in a card room uh you know you're taking up the seat you're playing in a secure environment um so they pull money out of every pot so if you and I and uh, Chris uh, Winter and John Gibson all sat down at a poker table and we played indefinitely, eventually we would have no money left on the table because the casino would have raked it all away. It is a negative sum game. Duly noted. Uh, do you have to play in the casino or can you just go play with your friends? Well, I, I didn't say if you were playing with your friends. If you, if you were playing with your friends and they are raking, uh, I, I would question your choice of friends. I mean, they're just making a savvy business move is all. Maybe. Um, panel anyway, one. That, go, go ahead. Panel one. Garfield in bed, left forefinger extended, 
uh, as if pontificating, though he is not pontificating because he is just saying some dumb shit, like, life is like a poker game. That's panel one. Both arms are out of the bed. As far as uh, dumb shit Garfield has said, I feel like that's pretty low on the dumb shit he said uh, list here. Yeah, that's true. But still, I like... Like he's trying to make a big point. He's got his index finger raised and everything. When I raise my index finger, something important is going to come out. Is is this not of my finger? Because obviously. I'm noticing that he has not left his bed yet. This might be a bed theme week. <clears throat> I have read all the Garfields, but I have subsequently forgotten them because they're not important. Yeah, I, I I read them all too. I didn't feel like the theme was especially strong, so uh, I'm just going to say that maybe uh, maybe Jim Davis was writing these strips sequentially on the same day. And then just decided Garfield in standard bed position is pretty much where I want to start both Monday and Tuesday. I mean, this is probably the end of beds. You can't stay in bed the whole week, can you? Well, let's find out. Panel two. Garfield thinks if you don't win. Ellipsis. Ellipsis. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. I I was getting there. You put in a, you put in a uh, non-spoken ellipsis before your standard ellipsis, and it right. threw me. I apologize for stepping on your ellipsis. Same uh, same right arm posture in panel two, but in uh, panel two, his left arm has been deleted. Uh, you think it's been deleted, or do you think it's been uh, amputated? Oh, I didn't. It could have been amputated. Maybe Odie's uh, tune it off between panels one and panels two and we just don't know i think you're reading too much in there andy john arbuckle maybe had an unfortunate kitchen knife accident as he is wont to do that's that is probably exactly what has happened and it just hasn't registered with garfield yet you know sometimes you hurt yourself and you don't realize it right uh, uh panel three uh probably neither of those things happen but he is thinking you lose as he has pulled the blanket back over his head in full conestogo wagon format yeah, he's back back to that Oregon Trail uh, situation there. No wheels on that wagon, Fred. That's because he caulked it so he could get across the river rather than trying to ford the river. Perhaps the river was too swift to be effectively forded. I've got a follow-up question. Do you have to take the wheels off when you caulk your wagon? Yeah, obviously. Otherwise, they provide a whole bunch of uh, drag. And you, know, you, do, I, you I, do that on a swiftly flowing river that your oxen can't go across. Right. So, so, so I live I live next to uh, the end of the Oregon Trail Museum here in uh, south uh, the south uh, of Portland. Really. And there there are some giant covered wagons, and the Willamette River is is flowing there. And uh, I have never tried to ford that river, so I guess I haven't had that problem. Normally, I take the bridge. Well, I mean, you could first of all no bridges. Come on, these are history times before bridges were invented. Um, right. Like you could take the ferry, but often there was a uh, a queue of wagons waiting to go over the ferry. Plus, the ferry cost money. If the if the river is too deep for your oxen, what are you going to do? I, I I guess you eat your oxen, right? It's a good source of food. You only bought two bullets. That's a lie. My I, I just exposed my kids to the Oregon Trail game, and the first thing they do, it's universal. They bought about five hundred dollars worth of bullets. Yeah, that's about, they, that sounds about right. Yeah, and they tried to slaughter every animal they see and then uh, left them to rot in the hot, hot sun. Oh, hmm. Uh, the guy, one of the guys responsible for uh, the Oregon Trail has actually, I think he has a website called diedofdysentery.com, um, wherein he tells about uh, generating the mathematical model for river crossing. 
Um, I did not read the article. I just know that it exists. I'm glad you didn't read the article because then we could have had a conversation about it. But instead, we get to have a conversation about how poker um, comes into this. You know, Garfield says that uh, if you don't win, you lose. And uh, back when I was playing poker, there was this guy who was uh, wearing a hat at a, at a card game once that I was in that said, the less you bet, the more you lose when you win. And I thought that that was very funny. You're going to have to explain that to me. The less you bet, right. the more you lose when you win. I don't like it. I don't accept it. Okay. Um, so similar similar kind of person um, once uh, told me uh, as I was uh, winning a pot and pulling the chips in towards my uh, stack uh, that he turned to his buddy who was sitting next to him. And he kind of gestured towards me and he said, he plays poker like they tell you how to play poker in those poker books. Was that meant like how? What was I the like spirit of that, that was, comment? I like to think that it was definitely meant as an insult. But uh, you know, I was a I was an engineering student at the time, and I was thinking it's like you know you learn a lot of things in books, man. That's true. Um, they got a right, lot of information. Like, uh, in them. You learn yeah, that like I I learned some engineering in a book. Uh, I failed to learn a lot of calculus from a lot of books, right? That's but an, I know I know that choice. other people. I know that other people have learned calculus from books. So I know it's possible. I mean, the information's there, right? Uh, the, the information's there, but whether you can get the information into your head and execute it either on the, uh, on the blackboard or on the poker table are two different problems. So when I was uh, speaking of calculus, when I was uh, maybe seven years old and just starting calculus, um, my friend Gabe Small had a strip poker uh, program for his Apple IIe, which I don't know if you had an Apple IIe. Um, it was a green and black monitor um, with, I'm going to say, two-bit graphics, right? Green or black. Um, and uh, yeah, we tried to play that. I think it was his brother's computer, and we weren't allowed to play strip poker on it. But good news, we were very bad at poker because we were seven and eight years old. Right. Um, and uh, the most important thing about that story, it was the first time that a computer told me to take off my socks. Um, I did not realize <laughs> that strip poker cut both ways. Um, and, <laughs> is, uh, and we lost that, well, that first that... hand. And I was like, this computer just told me to take off my socks. What do I do now? Right. Did your friend Gabe Small take off his socks? Like, I don't think there's it, a lot of social pressure in that situation, Fred. No, nobody took off their socks. We might not have been wearing socks. We were young and outdoorsy. Yeah, the, uh, I, I've seen kids. Like, I, I see kids frequently. Like, they live do, in my do, household. Okay. Uh, you, can, you can get someone to take care of that. Like, if you have an infestation, they'd rehome I them. I don't think you can. No, like there are some legal and ethical things about that. No, no, I've no. looked into it. Definitely people can come rehome them. You might not like the process, but but it can be done. <laughs> Do you think that not wearing socks and then getting stung by a bee uh, multiple times after you have instructed your children to put on some damn socks so they don't get stung by a bee is enough for uh, child services to come and rehome your children? Probably not. Okay, so we're probably okay. All the right. kids seriously don't wear socks. I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad that an Apple IIe didn't tell them to take their socks off, though, because I don't think I want them to learn that 
from a computer without you know an adult being present, right? Yeah, no, I think that's very important. Keep them away from the Apple IIe. I had a similar experience with Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, oh, and uh, my my friend, yeah, my friend PJ Jones on his uh, his dad's Hewlett Packard uh, could not defeat the very simple trivia questions in order to load Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there there was something about President Nixon. I uh, when I was eight, I did not know about President Nixon. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like that. Right. So that was their age check. For for Leisure yes. Suit Larry was Nixon yeah they trivia. ask you about they ask you about Leisure Suit Larry that's hot so, yeah it's uh it's Tuesday so it's time to uh time to have a couple corrections here uh, episode one four two nine Monday May seventeenth nineteen eighty two uh, Chris Winter claimed that he has been watching Dark on Netflix and has been making an elaborate you know, murder plot kind of board with uh, specialty software to explain the time travel loop plot of Dark on Netflix. But we know that his wife, Christine, doesn't air quotes do Netflix. So I don't know if he's watching that without her, if she's not involved or if she doesn't approve. But I feel like that needs to be addressed. By whom? Oh, I like, don't know. By, not by, by us. us though. Okay. No, no, Good. not by us. Uh, no, this is just corrections. I can confirm that he has a bonkers flowchart um, that is useless to me because I have only watched the first season twice uh, and the second I, season. I, I once. haven't watched it yet. Uh, I, I've got another correction. Um, since episode like one four two nine that that we were talking about there, um, it, you know, we're at episode. What are we on? Like fifteen hundred now. Fifteen or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been several hundred episodes and neither of us have been on that show. So this is actually something that we are correcting right now. Haven't, weren't you on somewhere in there? You were definitely no, on. No, no, no. They didn't let me on. What? No, not, not, not since that correction. Huh. Trust me, I have, I have my being Jim Davis, um, you know, Bush League, um, document there in OneNote, right? So in case I get that tap and they say, Andy, you're coming up to the big leagues. Are you ready? We we need you to go save the day and, and win the, the Garfield, right? I'm ready. But um, th- so I, I know it's been at least since that cartoon. All right. I could have sworn that you uh, hosted for three weeks in a row. Oh, you're... wait. That was Riley Miller. <sighs> It could have it could have been uh, Riley Miller. It could have been uh, it could have been the other guy. Who's the other guy? Uh, uh, Josh. Jeff Jacobson. Jeff, Jacob. No? He was John. he was either a Jeff or a Jake. It's probably I don't know. John. John Gibson, right? It's John Gibson. Yeah, just probably. Yeah, you he's know, been on an awful. I am I am sick and tired of how much John Gibson uh, is hogging the guest slot. Seems like two out of every three weeks, it's just John Gibson show. Yeah. Guess we'll listen to this guy some more. Here he is. He's back again. And you've been listening to Being Jim Davis. But you've been listening wrong this whole time because this is the week that Fred and Andy are on. That's editorializing. That was not in the text. Yeah, that's not in the text. That's not in the text. I'm editorializing. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Why not visit the show website, beingjimdavis.com? It doesn't suck. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Being Jim Davis. Follow Jonathan Gibson, Inscrutable Taco. Follow Christopher Winter on Instagram. I dot am dot the dot worst. He only posts pictures of his feet. Don't follow either of us on the internet because we don't really me. have internet presences. Yeah, yeah no. no. 
Thank you and good night. Thank you and good night. Hi everyone, my name is Andy Dousman and I am Jim Davis. A correction must be issued for a statement I made during the recording session of this episode. I incorrectly claimed that in the mid-1980s my friend PJ Jones and I failed to defeat the age verification trivia quiz of Leisure Suit Larry on PJ's family's Hewlett Packard computer. It was actually a Packard Bell computer. I personally apologize for the error. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.